Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Last, yeah, we, we, this is our third and final week. We've been talking, the, the sermon series has been about spiritual warfare. And, and I know that that's not, you know, that sounds pretty religious, but, but I think it's important because there is a battle between good and evil. I mean, if you're here and you believe in God, then you must believe in the devil because he plays a, a, a part in all of this. And um, he is the, the anti, antithetical to God. Right. And so last week, I, you know, we've been talking about how the devil, Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. I don't know of any scripture that deals with uh, spiritual warfare to me better than those two contrasting ideas where Jesus says the devil comes to steal. And what does he try to steal? A lot of things. But what we've been talking about is he tries to steal our joy. I mean, guys, our whole purpose as Christians when we're spreading the good news is that we want people to want what we have. And I'm sorry, but there's a lot of miserable Christians out there, mean, mean Christians. Why would somebody want what they have? So the devil tries to steal our joy, but he also tries to kill our faith. He doesn't want us to have faith. If there's anything he can do to knock that out from underneath us, he will. And then he'll also try to destroy our relationships. And you know what? Every single one of you have had that happen to you, where something happened to a good relationship and it just, just went to crap, basically. Right? Because the devil does. He tries to steal, steal our joy. He tries to kill our faith and he tries to destroy our relationships. I told you all a story about... Uh, Last week, I had uh, a brother of mine. He's actually was married to a cousin of mine, but uh, he came down, and then Doc Tracy and Chris Reeder of the DTOM Ranch, Veterans Ranch, was down, and they were all at my house, and, and Ty was having a roping clinic. It was a big, nice day out at the ranch, and uh, here I am preaching about spiritual warfare, and I am not immune to it, man. That old devil tried to steal my joy and kill my faith and destroy my relationships, and it all started with a cherry pie filling because a friend of Cammie's had brought a cherry pie, but I, well, I mean, I baked it because technically whoever turns the oven on gets the credit. It was an amazing cherry pie, asked Ty. He had the first piece. But anyway, what we didn't realize is that when we, in our haste of everything going on, that we took the cherry pie out, but a lot of the filling had fallen onto the bottom of the stove. Well, you turn the stove off, it doesn't smoke. But guess what happens when you turn the stove back on? Guys, it was a whiteout in my house. You could not see the hand in front of your face. It was so smoky in my house. And here, here Chris and Tracy and, and Sean were sitting at my table. You know, they're like, oh, it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> you know, their eyes are watering. They're like, no, it's cool, we're fine. You know, they got emphysema now. Been in the hospital all week. Not really. <sighs> Little did I know that that was going to be the least of my worries that day. Because we finally sat down for supper. We got, the, we got all the smoke cleared out, sat down for supper. We were not surrounded by friends. We were surrounded by family. And just when I thought I had vanquished my foe, the devil, and I refused to let him steal my joy, kill my faith, or destroy my relationships, that old devil had a parting shot 
on his way out. I mean, it had been right there in front of me the whole time. I mean, literally right there in front of me. I should have seen it coming. But, you know, when you're like, oh, yeah, I got this whooped. I get all confident, man. He sneaks in and he gets you. And when it happened, quick as a ninja, I fixed it. But this is what happened. See, I've been working on the house, trying to get it all nice and for my new bride. And she's been working me like a sled dog. I even painted for her, but we'll get to that in a minute. We sat down, and see, I had hung a new cowboy chandelier above my, above my dining room table. It's cool, y'all should see. Kind of a pendant light, so it hangs down by these chains, and then it's like this fake piece of wood with all these wires coming out, and they hang, they hang at different levels. And we sat down for supper, and I turned the lights on, and people's faces started to melt because if it says that 60-watt uh, bulb maximum, 100 will fit in there. They should make those different connections. Because I just got online and just ordered light bulbs because they was those nice, like, old-timey light bulbs. I flipped it on, Tiowa went dark, and, and stuff melted off of everybody's faces. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I jumped up. Their skin was bubbling, turning red. So I jumped up and turned off the infrared heaters that were starting to boil the spaghetti and saved everybody's life. Devil, you didn't get us that time either. <laughs> we laughed as we ate in the dark. And you know what the crazy part about it is? They still like me and love me, despite my foolishness sometimes. But there is a battle. There's a spiritual battle going on, and we've been talking about it for two weeks. If you missed the first two sermons, please, you can go uh, online and watch the previous clinics on live stream, or you can download our podcast. If you don't know how to do that, let us know. We'll teach you. Okay, catch up. But today, we're going to finish up with spiritual warfare. I think the first thing that we have to understand as we close this series out, and I mean, it's going to sound obvious, but I know that a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, I, mean, I just don't know about this. But we have to understand that good and evil are realities. Okay, good and evil are realities, not some esoteric uh, metaphor or concept. You know what I mean? It's not just like, you know, that little angel and a demon, that's a good little metaphor, but, but those are real. And I think that every single one of us have, have understood that. We know what we should do, but we know that that's hard, and it's easier just to take the easy way out, right? Good and evil are realities, not merely concepts and metaphors. This isn't some, I mean, when we're talking about spiritual warfare and how the devil attacks us, this isn't some ethereal entity, you know, trying to get at us. How do we know that he's not just a concept? Because in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, this is what the Bible says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And that devil was face to face with him. He wasn't some concept like social media you know he, he wasn't just out there with like a vague feeling of temptation no the devil stood right in front of him and tempted him these are not some esoteric uh what did i say concepts or metaphors right this is real okay then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil now i want you to understand one thing because I know that at face value what that sounds like, right? 
Well, let's just see how tough Jesus is. He's just been baptized. We're not going to let him eat or drink for 40 days and 40 nights, and we're going to let the devil tempt him to see how strong Jesus is, right? Or to see if Jesus has any weaknesses, right? Because that's what it sounds like, right? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Is there any other way we can interpret that? I think so. See, the holy, the temptation wasn't to determine if Jesus had a weakness, but to pr prove that the devil doesn't have the power. Does that make sense? I mean, God didn't lead Jesus out into the wilderness to see if there was a weakness in him. He sent Jesus to be tempted by the devil so the devil would realize that he's powerless over us that belong to Christ. Jesus didn't weaken. He showed us that no matter what happens to us, we can remain loyal to God because that's where our power is. The devil has no power over us. The Holy Spirit, I mean, think about this. The Holy Spirit, if you remember, John the Baptist just baptizes Jesus in the uh, River Jordan, or Jordan Crick. You like that, Ty? That was a shout-out for Ty. And Jordan Crick, and then and the Holy Spirit descends on him, and immediately it goes into, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What was one of the ways the devil tempted him? Was with hunger, right? Man, he's starving. He ain't eating in 40 days, right? So Jesus, or the devil said, well, turn these stones to bread and chow down there, cowboy. Jesus like, I ain't having none of that, right? Hunger is not more powerful than the Holy Spirit. And then he took him up to a mountain and said, I'll give you all of this. Well, the lust for power didn't have a chance when faced with holiness. And we don't, and then the devil also said, well, you can throw yourself off the temple right here and the angels won't let you fall, right? Remember that part? We don't need proof of God when we have the power to feed our faith. The lust for power doesn't have a chance when faced with holiness, and hunger is not more powerful than the Holy Spirit, right? Do we remember what happens after all the three temptations? In Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. And you know what? You can have the same in your life right now. You know that, that thing that you've been battling right now that, that's got you down, that, that, that's your trigger to, for sadness or even anger? And guys, I've, I've dealt with all of those this week. Ask those closest to me. I've dealt with all of those. So none of us are immune, but all of us are powerful enough to not let it affect us. See, y'all need to start using we, not y'all. We need to start using the power that has been given to us. We can tell that old fork tail to hightail it out of there. You know what? I'm not having any of this. I'm not having any of this. One, one time I was kind of going down the rabbit hole, if you will. See, I don't just chase rabbits. I chase them down into their holes, right? And I, I started talking to Cammie about it. She, she just kind of smiled. She goes, I just don't let myself go down that hole. I'm like, well, that was brilliant. And I'm like, I'd never thought about that, right? Like, I don't even know why I follow him down there. I don't have to. You don't have to sit there and be the devil's whipping boy. And I think that a lot of us have. And, and listen, man, I don't care. You know what Chinese water torture is, right? Where they just drip the water on your head. Man, I think a lot of us know that we're supposed to resist the devil, but we don't tell him to hightail it out of there. We just sit there and let him just sit there and pound on us. <laughs> We've had some cows like that, right? Go out there with that little fiberglass sorting stick, hit them, and they look at you. Doesn't bother them. That's what the devil does to us, though, man. And after a while, man, it, it does bother us. It gets on to us. I mean, it starts getting into our hearts. You don't have to sit there and be the devil's whipping boy. 
You can do exactly what Jesus did and say, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him. And the angels came and attended him. Listen, that same Holy Spirit that descended on Jesus at his baptism that gave Jesus the power to tell the most powerful angel ever created to get out of there, it's the same Holy Spirit that you have in you right now. You just ain't using it. Or maybe we can learn to use it better. Use the power you've been given. And you know what? I think that all of us need to start telling that old devil to pound sand. You know what I mean? We don't have to put up with this. We are powerful, not because it's us, but because it's God living in us. Good and evil are realities, not merely concepts and metaphors when talking about spiritual warfare. The second thing is God will always give us the power to resist the devil's schemes. Okay? God, let me say that again. God will always give us the power to resist the devil's schemes, if you choose to. <laughs> if you choose to. Because in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I'm going to read it out of Simplified Cowboy Version, because I think it's cool. I think it says good stuff. You have, and it says exactly what the Bible says. It just uses different words. You have the same temptation today that them other people in the Bible had a long time ago. You have the same temptation today that they had long ago. But you can trust God to help you. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you are capable of handling. There is never a temptation God hasn't already provided a way of escaping. With God's help, you will succeed. Without it, you will fail. That's what it says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. What does that mean? God has already given you the same power to avoid temptation as he did Jesus when they squared off in the wilderness. Like I said, the same Holy Spirit that gave him the power to resist is the same Holy Spirit that you have. Will you choose to use it? Now, side note, when you use that power that has been afforded to you, it's not going to make you feel any different, okay? I, I think that we base, we, we try to judge whether something is true or not based upon the feeling that we feel when it's happening. Listen, Feelings are real, but they are not real reliable. They are not an accurate representation of the truth. So when you tell that devil to pound sand, you're probably not going to feel any different inside. That's where faith comes in. We have to have faith that the devil cannot... I mean, when, when you say something in Jesus' name, man, he, he's got to go. Not because we said it, because it's the power of God. God has already given you the same power to avoid temptation as he did Jesus. Now, when he says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you are capable of handling, okay? Another side note. If you've been listening to me for very often, you know that I can't stand that Odilla. Well, God won't give you anything more than you can handle. Well, of course he will. Because if we could handle everything, we wouldn't need him. This, and I think that this verse is where that mistaken ideology came from. Because the Bible says that God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. In other words, he, he's not going to let you be tempted with something that you can't walk away from. Now, it won't feel like that inside, but it's the truth. Okay, He is not going to let... So when you are tempted, that is a... How do I say this? I don't want to use the wrong word. When you are tempted, that's God's way of saying, Hey, man, you got this. Because I'm not going to let anything 
In other words, I'm not going to give you a weight that you're not capable of lifting, right? And we're talking about in regards to temptation, not about life. This is only in regards to temptation. He won't let you be tempted beyond the faith that you've been given. But you got to use that faith. you got to rely on the Holy Spirit. The choice is ours whether we use that faith or not. And I know that that's hard to say. And, and I know you're thinking, well, Kevin, I mean, that, that sounds good, but it doesn't seem to work for me. Like I said, I'm not saying it's going to change how you feel inside. We just have to have faith that what God says is what's going to happen. And we need to start relying on God's promises and God's faith instead of your emotions, instead of my emotions. If you're tempted, then your faith is strong and you can walk away. Because once again, God is not going to let you be tempted with something that you can't walk away from. This weekend, yesterday, well, actually it's a two-day process, I painted the living room ceiling. That does not sound like much to y'all. That's a big deal. Because when I was about 10 years old, my dad told me to go paint a picnic table. After getting it in my eyeballs and other unmentionable places like paint has a way of doing, I walked in there, and the first time I disobeyed my dad, I walked in there, I said, you can beat me, you can ground me for a year, I'll take those over painting any day. He goes, get out there and paint. I said, no. He goes, are you serious? Yes, sir. And he grounded me and beat me, just like I asked him to. So when Cammy posted a picture of me painting the ceiling, my dad's response, you can go look at it, he goes, wow, <laughs> dot, 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 just wow. <laughs> just Wow. Called my mama for Mother's Day this morning. She goes, I saw a picture on Facebook of you painting. She goes, Kevin, that's a big deal. I said, tell my wife that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, this weekend I painted the living room ceiling. And I was tempted about 1,000 times to quit. And I will tell y'all that I complained the entire time. There was not a second that went by that I did not remind Everybody that was in the house, which was mainly dogs, I told all of them how bad I hate, hate painting. And I was tempted to quit a thousand times. But every time I was just like, just make one more run and then I'm done. I'm not going to finish it. And I'd make that one more run, put some more paint on and go, you know what, I'm going to quit. I'm going to do this other run. And I did that until the dang ceiling was painted. Point is that we'll always be tempted by things that take us away from the person that we want to be, from finishing what we have started, to, to no longer strive to become the men and women that God wants us to be. You're going to be tempted to quit today. Don't. Make one more pass, even if you hate it. Make one more pass. Because you know what? Here's the deal. My living room now, I'll show you a picture of it. It looks good. It looks awesome. We put up some fake paneling, man. We are redneck as it can be, right? <laughs> we got the paneling. You can go see the real wood paneling in the bathroom that Shay did. You can come see the fake paneling that I did in the living room. It just gets better as you go around the corner, right? You're going to be tempted to quit. Don't. Don't stop reading your Bibles. Don't stop praying. Don't give up on, on your spouse. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on being the man or woman that you know God has called you to be. And lastly, we are in an invisible war. We are in an invisible war with temporal and eternal consequences, okay? There are consequences 
that evil has while we're on this earth. But that can also affect our eternal lives as well. But God, because God does know that we are an invisible war, war with temporal and eternal consequences, God in his infinite wisdom and goodness has given us the tools to deal with this war. And those are found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. What is this armor that God talks about? It's the belt of truth. It is the belt of truth, man. That's what holds everything together. It is, that is what we can feel is the truth. We can gird that thing down where nothing comes off, which is a good thing. The belt of truth. The armor of God's goodness. Man, God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Even when it doesn't seem like it. Even when we don't understand it. Even when it seems like everything is falling apart. If you will believe that God is good, that is armor over our chest. Over our bodies, the armor of God's goodness that knowing that no matter what is happening, God is still good and God still loves us. The belt of truth, the armor of God's goodness. Boots that will carry the good news to others. Man, be that type of person. Be encouraging. Be joyful. Be the type of person that that people that you think about that are miserable and hard to get along with, be the type of person that you know they would want to be in a better way maybe that was a bad example i don't know belt of truth armor of god's goodness boots that will carry the good news shafts of faith that will protect you from the devil's fiery darts the shafts of faith that will protect you from fiery arrows fiery darts there was a preacher one time <laughs> he was a charismatic preacher boy he was wound up in a good way right boy he was wound up i mean pulpit pounding he was talking about the armor of god and he kept trying to say to put on the, uh, to withstand those. And he was trying to say fiery darts. And he said it wrong three times. So that you can withstand the diary farts. I mean, the diary, the diary, the fiery darts. <laughs> so that you can withstand the fiery arrows that the devil throws at us. The fell tad of salvation. In other words, knowing where we're going and that nobody, not even the devil, can take that away from us. Knowing that God loves us. And finally, the sword of God's word. Sword of God's word. Belt of truth, the armor of God's goodness, the boots that will carry the good news, shafts of faith that will protect us from the devil's fiery darts, the felt hat of salvation, and the sword of God's word. And then God tells us to do battle with the armor in the next verse. Because all of that sounds good, right? So you just put that on and then everything's good, right? How do we use it? Well, in God's infinite goodness, he tells us in the very next verse, Ephesians 6, 18, and be in prayer at all times and all occasions. Stay alert and sober for any ambush. Pray for all the cowboys who ride for the brand no matter where they are. Ephesians 6, 18, simplified cowboy version. See, the way we use that armor of God, he tells us to put it on. And then the next thing he tells us to do is to be in prayer at all times and all occasions. He tells us to pray intensely and deliberately and strategically. We should pray at all times. Why should we pray at all times and at all occasions? Because prayer connects us to the power of God. Okay, that Prayer is the conduit 
through which God's power flows. Read your Bibles. Jesus was in a constant state of prayer on all occasions and for all times because prayer is a conduit through which the power of God flows. We should be as deliberate in our prayers as we would be watching for an ambush. I mean, if you're watching for an ambush, you have to do that deliberately, right? You don't watch for an ambush accidentally, right? So we have to be intentional about it. We have to be deliberate. As he says, stay alert and sober for any ambush. He doesn't, and that really doesn't say that he might. Let, maybe I should have put stay alert and sober for the ambush to come. Because it will. Because you have a target on your back. Because you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Because you have faith in Jesus Christ as a son of God. And that God loves each and every one of us. And we should pray strategically for all those that are riding for the brand. Because that's what the Bible says. Be in prayer at all times and all occasions. Stay alert and sober for any ambush. Pray for the cowboys who ride for the brand, no matter where they are. That's how you use the armor of God. Put it on and get in prayer. And finally, I'm going to leave you with a quote that was at the end of the first one by the great atheist-turned-mega-theologian C.S. Lewis, whenever he said, There are two equal and opposite errors which our race can fall about devils, lowercase d. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. Now, back then, they were smarter than us, so they talked in different ways than us. So let me put that in cowboy terms for me, not for y'all. Had to put it in cowboy terms so I could wrap my head around it. Here it is. There are two ways to get yard darted when it comes to the devil. One is to disbelieve that he and his ways are real. The other is to have an excessive and unhealthy curiosity about him. The devil is fine with having fans or believing he is a farce. He can work with both of those with the same delight.